Welcome to the Maria Liberati Show, where food meets art, travel, and life. So what does food mean to you? Let me first say that I hope everyone had a very Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah and is getting ready to bring in a happy and healthy New Year 2022. And I do want to thank everyone out there for joining the Maria Liberati Show and being part of our listening audience and sharing all these wonderful guests that uh, we've gotten to hear from this year. You know, 2021 has really been a banner year for the Maria Liberati Show. Our listening audience has grown 500% and we're heard all over the world. So I, I also want to thank my producer, Britton Roselle, and my listening audience out there. Couldn't have done it without you. And thanks for sharing and uh, joining in. And as mentioned, you all know the new year is coming in and uh, all celebrate the new year with wine and champagne besides having delicious foods. Usually a toast is one of the most important parts of the New Year's Eve celebration. So my guest this week is British wine educator and expert Yanina Doyle. And I'll also be sharing some expert tips on how to best enjoy your wine and champagne. Something that I've noticed that no one seems to have a clue about is what temperature their wine should be served at. And when I was starting to think about sharing this with you this week, this brought to mind my good friends Gianluca and Velia from a famous little wine bar in Orvieto, Italy called the Champagneria. Now, I'm not sure if it is still there, but I have great memories from visiting the Champagneria in the piazza in Orvieto, Italy. It's, it's a little wine bar and it's also a place where one can get an education about wines from all over the world. And here's some information that I learned from sommeliers like John Luca from the Champagneria and other vineyards that I trained at in Italy. The temperature that you serve the wine at is just as important as the quality of the wine itself. You are making a big mistake if you serve a great wine at the wrong temperature, the special qualities of that wine will not be evident. So here are the perfect temperatures that different types of wine should be served at. Champagne should be served at about 14.5 degrees Fahrenheit. Dry white and rosé wines, they should be served at about 18 degrees Fahrenheit. Light red wine should be served at 25 degrees Fahrenheit, but aged red wine should be served at 32 degrees Fahrenheit. And lastly, sweet wines and liqueurs should be served at 14 or 15 degrees Fahrenheit. If the wine is too cold, pour it in a glass and leave it there for a few minutes to warm up. The glasses the wine is served in are just as important. Clear, transparent glasses are the best so that one can experience the wine, but also a glass that has a long stem is best to serve wine so that your fingers do not touch the part containing the wine and do not modify the temperature of the wine in any way. 
dry spumante and champagne should be served in a flute so that one can see the bubbles and the perfume of the wine is released slowly. However, sweet champagne and sweet spumante should be served in a cup-like glass. This is really the season for grapes and they're at their best. My favorite recipe for taking advantage of the luscious grapes that we just had from the fall harvest, of course we're not harvesting now, but we did as a fall harvest, is a risotto with white grapes and white wine. It reminds me of being at a farm in Tuscany where I did many cooking programs and the crisp autumn evenings and the warmth of the risotto. As the old Italian saying goes, to make a friend, a glass of wine is enough. To maintain the friendship, you need a whole bottle. And here's my recipe, which is a great recipe for New Year's Eve. It's a risotto with white grapes and you know one of the traditions is at the stroke of midnight on new year's eve you should eat 12 grapes it will bring you good luck so this risotto dish is for good luck as well you're going to start out with a half a cup of rice for risotto that's carnaroli or arborio rice half a pound of firm white grapes one slice of a small white onion or two leeks and these should be sliced finely diced finely rather chopped finely four tablespoons of parmigiano reggiano cheese a half a cup of dry white wine or a dry white spumante two tablespoons of extra virgin olive oil one quart of vegetable broth wash the grapes cut them in half if they do have seeds take out the seeds Place the olive oil in a saute pan, then place in the finely chopped onion or leeks. When the onion or leeks are transparent, add in the dry rice and let it toast for about a minute. Then add in the wine. When the liquid evaporates, place in three quarter cup of vegetable broth, stirring constantly. Repeat until the rice is al dente, approximately 18 minutes. However, at mid-cooking, add in the grapes, stir in. Once you've cooked the rice, and again, that it's al dente, remove from the heat. You can add either a small, like a teaspoon of butter, or a drizzle of olive oil and top with grated parmigiano reggiano cheese serve immediately serve with glasses of dry white wine enjoy today i'm here with janina doyle and she is a british wine educator expert and uh, she's also brand ambassador and she is the host of eat sleep wine repeat most of our guests about wine have really been about french or italian so it's mm. my pleasure definitely to um chat a little bit about british wine so you yes. thank you so much for being here no, it's great to be here. And actually, I'm normally on the other side of the podcast <laughs> asking the questions. So it's kind of yes. nice to be like, I'm just going to sit back and relax. Yes. Uh, well, don't ask me too much. Let's not make it <laughs> no. too complicated. <laughs> so tell us uh, a little bit, I guess, as a primer. So if we want to, you know, just kind of as a beginner to uh, enjoy, mm -hmm. be, to enjoy British wines, can you give us some recommendations on some 
great British wines and tell us a little I bit can. about them. Firstly, all of them, go for it. <laughs> no, but, um, we, it's one of these things, the industry is growing massively. Now about 30% uh-huh. is being exported and one of the most larger markets for exports is USA. So although very little, you yes. are getting some more than many markets. Wow. And it's all about English sparkling wine. Uh-huh. That is where it's at. Like we we could talk all day about some of the quirky, cool things and the still yes. wines coming out of England. And I say England uh-huh. because it's mainly in England and mainly in the South. So we're talking, okay. imagine, okay, so I say English sparkling wine. Uh-huh. It's made the same way as champagne. So it's the traditional method. So a oh, second yeah. fermentation in uh-huh. bottle. So right. time on the, the lees. So when you taste champagne and you get that, you know, croissant to that biscuity, yeasty creaminess that you get yes. with champagne, you get the exact same thing with English sparkling wine. Right. And to put it into context, this is the soils all in the south of England. Oh. They're oh. on the same Paris basin, if we talk in ge- geological oh. terms, as oh. champagne. So the same chalky soils so there's a lot of similarities and about 70 percent of the wines coming out of I say well Great Britain but like literally 98 percent is in England so 70 percent of those wines is English sparkling so everybody listening in America it's all about the fizz you've got to get you've got to literally get popping get oh yeah the bottle so is there like a couple that you would recommend for us to try yeah I tell you, I'm going to recommend two. I mean, I could literally recommend all day, but I'm going to recommend yes. two because I am 99.9% sure that they are in America. Uh-huh. One is Night Timber. Uh-huh. And any English wine expert will talk to you about the Night Timber effect. Uh-huh. So this is basically, imagine they won their second vintage when they produced a 1993, their classic uh-huh. cuvee, which sells for here now around 35 pounds. Okay. A bottle. Uh-huh. And it won best sparkling wine of the world wow. with the International Wine Spirit Challenge. So people started paying attention. Anyway, yeah. they've got better and better and better. They're the most quintessential wine estate in England, like King Henry VIII used to own the Nightimber estate. It was mentioned in the doomsday books. I mean, I, I know that some Americans like history and English history and the royal family, like uh-huh. this is the one to go for. Uh-huh. And the qualities only just got better and better. Uh-huh. So 2018, uh-huh. the female winemaker, Cherry mm-hmm. Spriggs, won best sparkling winemaker of the world. Wow. And she was the first non-champagne winemaker and first uh-huh. woman oh, to... Wow win and that was with international wine challenge so uh-huh. night timber is definitely one to try and tick off your list and you should That's, be able to find some that sounds really interesting yes yeah. and you said there was a second one too or- okay so mm-hmm. second one one of my personal favorites yes. ridgeview ridgeview and both of these are down in in the south of england uh-huh. uh, ridgeview started just a few years after so night timber actually started planting in 1988 so i mean right. we've actually been around for a while but, oh yeah so you know uh-huh. um but ridgeview came about started planting in 1995 both of these wineries are entirely dedicated to sparkling wine only so they plant chardonnay pinot noir and pinot Meunier. so the three champagne varieties so that's their focus and that's all you're going to get with them Uh and Ridgeview themselves I mean they get served at the royal banquets by the queen 
in recently they've won best winemaker and best wine producer as well you know so these are the two and Ridgeview I believe is the highest exported wine out of the country so that one may be the easiest uh-huh. one fingers crossed yes <laughs> in America but definitely check those out because I think that will give you the best example of what England can do and they by far they compete perfectly with champagne it's not a step down they are oh they do wow mm, so that's what I was going to ask like what's the difference between say a French champagne and an English sparkling so you're saying they can compete very well mm. with them I mean, if you say the difference, remember, Uh England is about 0.5 degrees Celsius cooler. So the idea is that with champagne, they're slightly richer and say English sparkling wine might be a little bit crisper and say the 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 less ripe flavors like green apples. However, with global warming and climate change, if anything, we're now in this perfect position of great temperature. And I know that champagne are potentially worried that it's going to get too warm. So yes. Mm-hmm. But in terms of flavor profile, they are made the same way and they are so similar. And because of those chalky soils, that uh-huh. finesse, and I'm going to get very wine geeky now, but this <laughs> the minerality that is in champagne that we love, uh-huh. we have it in English sparkling wine. And, and there are traditional method wines made all over the world. You have Scramsburg, amazing traditional method in, um, in California. That's yes. really, really fantastic. You have loads, yes, but they're not going to have quite the same soils. So uh-huh. if you want the clear closest thing to champagne but it's still unique in its own way well then English sparkling wine is one to wow that's really very very interesting and then I guess kind of quickly because we don't have much time but any suggestions on some quick things to pair with these two well Okay, champagne in general, my favorite pairing, and this is such a British pairing, fish (laughs) and chips. There we go. You, you've got to be able to get fish and chips. Do you have fish and chip shops around the corner? Yes, like, yes, they're, they're all over. But I do want to say, so my listening audience is actually not just in the US. We're in okay. France. We're in Australia. Mm-hmm. We're a little in the UK and Canada. So I do have, I mean, the largest portion of my listening mm-hmm. audience is the US, about 70%. But the rest is kind of divided up all around the world. But in Perfect. the US, yes, fish and chips is. And mm-hmm. I know when I've been to... <laughs> To England, the fish and chips there are just amazing. So it but, just uh, just yes. like with champagne, English bottle wine, it's that, that really high acidity, uh-huh. that beautiful effervescence, that freshness, it just cuts through fattiness and oil. So anything deep fat fried is right. just going to be perfect. And of course, wow. champagne and fish, you know, is perfect. Yes. So fish and chips is number one without a doubt anybody wants and there's something amazing about having a slightly more premium bottle of wine these are not cheap unfortunately are yes, they? whether yes. it's champagne whether it's English sparkling wine you're probably looking at $50 plus whatever but right. then you have just a nice just not very expensive fish and chips and you uh-huh. can just sit back and relax and the two you know opposites attract you know and it yes just, well and that they, you know that would really make sense because I know with Italian wines it a lot of times it makes sense when you pair them with where they're you know where that wine comes from with a local traditional food in a in mm-hmm. the sense so that would make a lot of sense and I could just see oh my gosh 
that would be absolutely <laughs> yummy. So mm -hmm. it would make a really yummy pairing. Oh, so, oh, that's great. So Yanina Doyle, tell us where, where can we find you? Um, you can find me. I mean, I'm now, now I'm <laughs> caught off guard. Where can you find me? Um, so the, the podcast is called Eat, Sleep, Wine, Repeat. And it's yes. on Apple Podcasts. It's on Spotify. It's on everywhere. Yes. And you can go to my website because I do virtual wine tastings, of course, for those that are not in the same country. And I yes. do wine education classes. So parties and fun, whether it be corporate or private. Yes. Um, you can just go to the website, www.eatsleepwinerepeat.co.uk. It's pretty easy yes keep, definitely keep sleeping keep whining and just repeat it that's it yes. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense i love that title well you know oh, i'm dear. sure we'll have you back again thank oh, you so much thank you it so much for that and uh, definitely check out her podcast and blogging sleep wine repeat Thanks for listening to the Maria Liberati show. And once again, thanks to my producer, Britton Roselle, and my special guest this week, British wine expert, Janina Doyle. And wishing everyone a healthy and happy new year. And thank you all for joining me in 2021 and again making this a banner year for the maria liberati show and thank you for joining me in welcoming all these wonderful guests i also would like to thank all of my guests that i've had on this year 2021 thank you all for joining me and making this a really exciting year for me. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, our listening audience has grown 500%, so I couldn't have done it without my listeners and also all the wonderful special guests. So thank you all, thanks for sharing. And as always, you can find me at marialiberati.com on Twitter, at Maria Liberati on Facebook at Chef Maria Liberati on Instagram at Maria Liberati on Pinterest at Maria Liberati on LinkedIn at M Liberati on YouTube at the Maria Liberati channel and on my Roku channel the basic art of Italian cooking by Maria Liberati please join me in the new year where we will have I promise more exciting guests in food, wine, culture, art, history, and life. Please join me. And once again, Happy New Year. And as always, until next time, peace, love, and pasta.